hi to everybody who has a chronic illness, chronic pain, fatigue. Hello if you're not feeling great right now. If you're stuck in bed, stuck at home. If you're sick and tired of feeling ill, so am I. It's really nice to have you here. It's really nice just to be in company. I've got some really interesting stuff to tell you today. Basically how the immune system works, which is really fascinating. Like, it's just such an amazing thing, the immune system. And it's really interesting specifically to people with autoimmune diseases. I have an autoimmune disease, it's called axial spondyloarthritis. And I'm sure a lot of you who are listening do too. In fact, I bet most of you do. Turns out most chronic illness is caused by autoimmune disease. So to find out how the immune system works and, and then find out how it can go wrong, that's really interesting to anybody with an autoimmune disease because it tells us about what's going on inside our bodies, why we feel like we feel. And I find that knowing these things helps me put perspective on my disease, on everything that I'm going through. It helps me feel more empowered. It just, I think it's just a very good thing for anybody who's going through these kinds of things to do is just to learn about what it is and how it works. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to start just by understanding some basics about how the immune system works. And as I say, it's, it, it's really fascinating stuff. And I'm trying to do it in kind of simple terms, um, you know, simplifying it a lot, but enough to give us some detail to really understand what's happening. So that's going to be the main topic for today. Uh, just before we get to that, um, just a, a quick app update. So for anybody who's using my Symptom Diary app, Chronic Insights, I've been working this week on an updated look. So that's going to be coming soon. I'm not sure how long it's going to take me to do, but I'm basically adding a little bit of an update to just how the buttons look. I'm changing a few things around just to make it a bit slicker, a bit easier to use. So that's going to be coming soon. Because I thought I, I better do that before I do the tutorials, which I, I've got planned. Because a few of you have asked for tutorials about how to use the 3D feature to how do you record pain on, on the 3D model? How do you record um, vitals, how do you add fitness trackers to the diary and all sorts of other things because it is quite a complicated app you know there's lots of features I've been working on for a very long time so I think tutorials would would help a lot some videos just showing you how to use everything but I thought if I do the tutorials and then update the look of the app I'm going to have to redo the tutorials again because it'll look different. 
So I decided I, I better do this first. It's something I've had planned for a while. And do that first. Hopefully it'll take me about a week to do. And then I can start on the tutorials. And then all the features that I, I talked about last week. So how are you? How are you doing? I hope you're doing okay, but if you're not, you're in company. You don't have to pretend with me, you know, that you're feeling good, that you're okay. I, I completely understand what you're going through. If you're not feeling very well, if you're achy, if you're sore, if you're tired, I know what it's like. I've got a, a, a sort of a family reunion coming up next week, which I wasn't going to go to originally because it's, it's quite a long way away for me to travel. Um, and I, that just really puts me off traveling. I hate traveling because seeing or driving or waiting, you know, anything that takes a long time, it's just, it's just really, I just hate it. Especially if it involves planes or something like that. And it's for a week, which is a really long time for me to be away from, you know, my hot water bottles and my, and you know, my comfy bed and, you know, all the things that I've got in my home just to help help me through flare-ups and aches and pains and and to the prospect of going away is just it's actually kind of scary you know it frightens me it, it stresses me out do you know what I mean I bet you do too if, if you have a chronic illness just things like this it's hard it's really hard but what I've, I think what I've decided to do is compromise and just go for a couple of days. So at least I get to, I get to see my brother and my sister-in-law and my nephews and spend a little bit of time with them. But I'm not going to stay the whole week because I just, I just can't, I, I, I can't do like social interactions for a whole week <laughs> would just totally destroy me. It would totally wipe me out because I, I, I just know from experience. And I've arranged a, a, a train ticket so that at least I can just sit on the train and hopefully it'll be, fingers crossed, a reasonably okay journey. But it's kind of it's kind of stressing me out, <laughs> but I think I think I should do it because I do miss out on quite a lot of stuff to do with my family because of my illness. But I've decided that this is one thing that I'm I'm gonna try and do. So <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. I've been. Uh, been going through my Instagram this morning just looking for looking for something funny to make me laugh and <laughs> I did find one. I did find a good post. It starts with uh, a comment and there's a there's a there's an image underneath. So the comment is to a new friend, 
So what is fibromyalgia? So the new friend is asking, what is fibromyalgia? And you, you answer, well, it's a bit like a merry-go-round. And the friend says, ah, ah, and you, and you, uh, I'm not finished. (laughs) I'm not finished. And there's a picture of a merry-go-round that's on fire. (laughs) Underneath. (laughs) I just thought, I just thought that was really funny. (laughs) Because, you know, I th- I think yeah, I think humor is actually a really helpful thing. Um, you know, for us with chronic illness, it just helps to laugh sometimes because <laughs> if you don't laugh, you're gonna cry sometimes, don't you? I just thought I thought that was a really good one. So okay, I think let's get to let's get to our topic. The immune system. Let's let's learn a little bit about how it works. So that I mean, there are over, there isn't an exact count, but there are over eighty autoimmune diseases, according to you know some sources. Some people say over a hundred. And the reason is, you know, some things we're not sure if they're an autoimmune disease or not. Like fibromyalgia, is possibly an autoimmune disease. But we're not sure yet. Uh, and so, why are there so many? Well, they're all basically different ways that the immune system can go wrong. And the immune system, it's a wonderful, it's amazing, it's an incredibly complicated thing. It's a really, really intricate mechanism that basically protects us from disease. And, but because it's so complicated, it's like this amazing machine with like a, a million working parts. When you have a machine with a million working parts, that's a million different things that can go wrong, right? And that, that's basically the the problem with the immune system, it, it, it's so complicated. And so if this little part of the immune system, immune system goes wrong, it's called MS, it causes MS. If this part goes wrong, it causes rheumatoid arthritis. If that part goes wrong, it causes lupus, or it causes axial spondyloarthritis, or it causes an allergy, or it causes IBS. You know, so there's all these different ways that it can go wrong, and each one causes a different chronic illness. And and again, the the estimates vary, but something like between five and ten percent. Some people say even fifteen percent of people worldwide have an autoimmune disease. It's a huge number of people. And 80%, roughly, again, like estimates vary. Some people think 80% is uh, women with autoimmune diseases and only 10% in men. And it's, un- it's, it's unclear why that is. Some people think it's, it's to do with genetic differences between men and women. Sometimes Some people think it's to do with hormones, but Basically, it, it, it is a lot more common in women than men. 
And there's another, probably another reason why a lot more women than men have chronic pain, because most chronic illness, uh, sorry, most immune, autoimmune conditions cause chronic pain and fatigue. So what's going on with all these immune conditions? So to understand that, we need to understand, well, what is the immune system? What does it do when it's healthy? So we, we all know basically what the immune system does. It protects us from microorganisms that can harm us. So a microorganism can well, the, well the generally the scientific term is a pathogen. It's a microorganism that can harm us. It's called a pathogen. And that's from the Greek. Pathos means suffering. And the, the old French um, sort of gen, genesis for producing. So it's, it's something that produces suffering. Patho, pathogen. So there are all sorts of different kinds of pathogens and there's depending on who you ask there's maybe four or five or six main different types of pathogen so one of them is bacteria so bacteria are simple single cells which don't have a nucleus and a nucleus is just it's a little it's a little pocket inside the cell a little envelope that contains the genome which is just a fancy word for the dna it's the dna for the bacteria so a bacteria so a bacteria doesn't have a nucleus so that's what basically defines bacteria and that's and and then you've also got fungi so they're more complex than bacteria because they can be more than one cell. You've got protozoa, which is it's a lot like a bacteria, but they're larger and, and they do have a nucleus. And then again, it sort of depends on who you ask, like how they're categorized. You, you, you could also include parasites, which are which are more complex living organisms which live inside another organism. And then maybe you could add in these weird things called helminths, <laughs> uh, these little worm type things, and and maybe other things as well, like simple proteins. But but basically there's there's lots of different kinds of pathogen. But one I haven't talked about so far, and it's a big one is viruses. So by now in, you know, 2023, we all, we all know a little bit more than we probably used to about viruses, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, so coronavirus was obviously a really big one. So we all really hate viruses, don't we? But actually they're fascinating organisms because they're actually, they're pretty much the only thing, the only thing on this whole planet that is, is living, which isn't made up of cells. They're literally just 
basically they're just a piece of DNA or sometimes RNA uh, so RNA it, it, it's very similar to DNA um, but whereas DNA is like this double-stranded molecule you might have seen that picture of this double helix the sort of two spirals the intertwined well RNA is just one um, it's like it's one strand and it's usually used to tran transmit patterns of genetic information from one place to another but a virus is basically it's either a little bit of DNA or it's a little bit of RNA that's wrapped in this coat of protein and that's it that's all there is to it that that's there's no cell wall there's no like cell machinery and bits and pieces that like bacteria have and prozo have they all have these little complicated bits and pieces to them a virus is just a bit of dna with some protein around it so what <laughs> how does that work i couldn't believe this when i when i you know read about viruses and, and what they are so how do they how do they survive how do they reproduce how do they do anything well everything else on the planet needs cells because they contain all these bits and other bits and pieces because those are the things that they're like bits of equipment that are needed to produce more cells to to reproduce viruses get around this problem they don't need all this extra stuff because what they do is they invade other cells and take over that machinery and use it for their own purposes <laughs> so it's really sneaky it's really clever and it's really sneaky that's what they do they they, they take over other cells so one, one thing you know we're talking a lot about viruses and things that can harm us one thing that i haven't mentioned that is is really important to recognize especially if you're a bit you know a, a, a bit sort of um, what's the word for, you know, afraid of microorganisms? There's a word for it, I just I can't think of it right now. But one, th one good thing to um, recognise is that most viruses, most bacteria and fungi and protozoa, most of the pathogens out there, cause us no harm at all. In fact, we need these microorganisms we couldn't live without them we've coexisted with them for millions of years they 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 are part of how we've evolved they actually they help us for example bacteria you've heard of good bacteria we hear this a lot you know with like probiotics and stuff that's because we need bacteria in our digestive system in the gut they help us digest food and and help us with all sorts of things and there's even evidence there's more and more evidence that viruses are also actually very helpful to us 
obviously some viruses are very harmful, but other viruses help us. You know how we just said that viruses take over other cells? Well, bacteria are other cells, right? So it's possible that a virus can, in theory, help us to destroy harmful bacteria. And there's, you know, there's, there's a piece of research I was reading from 2019, I think it was. There's this research group in Finland, and they, they were demonstrating this, that, that, that viruses can actually help to fight harmful bacteria. So the point is that there are billions, there are literally billions of different microorganisms, and it's only a tiny proportion of these that are actually harmful for us. Only a tiny proportion of microorganisms are pathogens. So, I mean, I'm actually going to probably do a whole episode on the microbiome, you know, about these good bacteria that, that help us. So that's one half of the stage. I'm just setting the stage here. Those are the, these are the characters. Those are the baddies. What about the goodies? The goodies of the story, the heroes of the story. Who are they? Okay, let's introduce them. So if we think about the human body, they, the, the human body is made up of cells too. Skin, bone, the heart, the lungs, your little finger. This is all made up of cells of all sorts of different kinds. And there, there, there's like 30 trillion cells in the average adult human body. 30 trillion. And they're divided into like two, about 200 different types of cell, all sorts of different shapes and sizes. And they all do different things. They all do different jobs. So how in the world does the immune system, in amongst all of these 30 trillion cells in the human body, all different kinds doing different things, how does the immune system pick out these very specific pathogens amongst everything else. If you think about it, that is a really amazing thing. That's a really hard thing. How does that work? How does that happen? Well, the fundamental thing to understand about how how the immune system works and how autoimmune diseases come about is to understand how the immune system does this targeting, how it picks out pathogens amongst everything else. Because when it goes wrong, the thing that basically goes wrong is, the, is this targeting mechanism. When the immune system accidentally starts targeting and attacking our cells, our, our bodies, instead of the pathogens. So, let's understand a little bit more about cells. So cells are basically, they, you know, they're these containers that 
make up our bodies and, and everything else in our body. And they they have these walls that they they're contained by they're called the cell wall. And on the cell wall, there are proteins. There are bits bits of protein. And proteins are fascinating things. A protein is it's a type of molecule. And a molecule is just a collection of atoms joined together. But proteins, they're really, really large molecules. They're very, very complicated things. So to put this into perspective, take water. So water is a molecule that we obviously know very well. And, and we, we, we generally know what it is. It's H2O. So it's two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom. So in total, it's three atoms. H2O and sugar or glucose that's that's tw uh, 24 atoms so six carbon atoms there's 12 hydrogen atoms and six oxygen atoms proteins all right proteins look at those numbers three atoms 24 atoms and they say hold my beer that's not a molecule this is a molecule all right proteins can be thousands of atoms they can be tens of thousands they can be hundreds of thousands of atoms in one protein molecule it's, it's just mind-blowing and it makes them really fascinating because to look at, they have these amazing structures. They're made up of, so they're made up of these building blocks called amino acids. An amino acid, it's it just a name for a bunch of oxygen and hydrogen and nitrogen and carbon and sulfur atoms all joined together into these little building blocks. And there's about 20 different kinds of, of amino acids in the human body. And what makes amino acids really great is they are like sort of Lego bricks. They can be combined together into loads of different combinations, almost like an infinite number of different combinations. And so you can take a bunch of amino acids and join them together into a certain combination and that gives you a protein and when you see these these protein shapes they 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 fold over each other they spiral they form sheets and repeating patterns and then they fall back on themselves and and then they join with other chains and just create these fascinating shapes and there's almost there's this infinite variations of different shapes that are possible. And each different shape results in a different behavior in the body, a, a different protein. Even a very tiny change in the sequence of amino acid building blocks can completely change the protein and what it does into something completely different.
So an example, if you want to Google one, a good example to look up is a protein called HLA-B27. And that's, the, it's personally quite uh, sort of relevant to me because it's a protein that it is actually, it turns out, very significant in my autoimmune disease, axial spondyloarthritis. It turns out that um, it, it plays a very important role, we think, and I'll probably do a whole different episode. But it's a really good example if you just want to search for, for one. Go to Google, type, type in HLA-B27 and hit images, and you'll see what I'm talking about, these, these amazing structures. So what has all this got to do with the immune system? Well, it turns out that these, these shapes, these proteins, they're found on the surface of cells and on the surface of viruses. And it turns out they can be incredibly useful for the immune system to determine what is a pathogen and what isn't a pathogen based on these very specific shapes, these proteins, because only certain configurations and shapes of proteins and amino acids are found on pathogens, and only certain shapes are found on things in the human body. And so that's the thing that we can use to differentiate between what's part of our body and what's a harmful thing that's invading us. And this is basically what the immune system does. It looks for certain shapes. And so there's a name for these shapes that are on the surface of cells. They're called antigens. So that comes from the Greek anti, meaning against, and again gen, meaning to, to produce or to cause. So an antigen is a thing which causes the immune system to start fighting a pathogen. Just one little side note, antigens are not always proteins, but the vast majority of them are. But just to simplify things, we're just going to talk about proteins that are antigens. So how does the immune system recognize these antigens? That's where a cast of good characters comes in. So the immune system heroes, and there's there's a whole posse of them. There's there's a, there's a bunch of really great heroes, and I'm only going to talk about maybe a couple of them. There were loads and loads of different kinds, but again, just to simplify things, I don't understand it all. I only, I've only read up about you know parts that I could get my head around. So it's important just to be aware that this is a bit of a simplification. But we'll talk about one category of goodies called lymphocytes. And so they're called lymphocytes because they're found in the lymph, which is the, 
a, it's a fluid that flows around our bodies and it to transport lots of stuff to our tissues and organs and back again through lymph vessels and lymph nodes. So sight means cell. It's, it comes from the Greek uh, like kytos or cytos, meaning a hollow receptacle or basket. So sight means cell. So a lymphocyte is just a, it's a cell that is found in the lymph. So these lymphocytes, they're amazing things. They're, they're really, they're really incredible. And there's, there's lots of different kinds of lymphocyte. And we're going to look at a couple in particular. So one of them is called a B cell. And these B cells, they're awesome because they create antibodies. So what's an antibody? Okay, an antibody, that's another, it's, a, it's another kind of protein. It's usually, it's Y-shaped. So it's got these two fork ends and, and one sort of like uh, one stem, I guess you could call it. So these two forked ends, they, they have this ability to lock on to very specific proteins. By, they bind to them. So an anti so an antibody is just a it's a, it's another kind of protein which will only bond to a very specific antigen on the surface of a cell or a virus or pathogen and nothing else it won't bind to anything else so it's very specifically just binds to something and the other end the sort of stem end it's it's usually very much the same across all types of antibody and we'll and we'll come back to that in in, in a minute to, to talk about why that is so so these b cells they they're circulating around our bodies they're sort of you know roaming around and they they create antibodies usually like generally a small amount to begin with just just enough to be able to latch on to a pathogen if it finds one and each each b cell creates they're very specific they only create one kind of antigen so you can imagine we've got like loads and loads of different kinds of b cell which only produce one different kind of antigen each and they float around these these antibodies they then float around as well inside our bodies until they find a pathogen they bind to it and once they bind to it the other end of the antibody this this sort of stem end which is generally it's the same it's the same because again that has its own little sort of shape on it that acts as a signal to another kind of cell called a macrophage. <laughs> Macrophages are like the big bouncers 
There, makros means large in Greek, and phage means to eat. <laughs> so they're these big things that like to eat other things. <laughs> so these macrophages, they, they come around and they, they're looking for antibodies that have attached themselves to something because that's their signal that this thing is probably a pathogen or it's something that we want to get rid of and it, it literally absorbs that thing and eats it and that's how that's how the micro macrophage actually you know protects us it, it actually just consumes these things and eats them and they're patrolling all over our bodies. Their macrophages are like in every part of our body. They're, they're constantly patrolling and looking for antibodies that have attached themselves to something. And macrophage, they also, they also eat bits of debris and bits of things that are floating around that don't need to be there anymore. They eat cancer, cancerous cells. Uh, so they're really, really helpful. They're, they're a really good part of the immune system. And these antibodies, once, they, once an antibody attaches to something, another cool thing that they do is that they signal to the B cells that produce them to produce a lot more of these antibodies. Because they said, right, I found something. I found something that we need to destroy. So there might be a lot more of these things flowing around. So let's produce a lot more antibodies. And they do this by creating another kind of cell called a plasma cell. And that's specialized to produce loads of antibodies really, really quickly. Get this, they, they can produce thousands of antibodies every second. Yeah, like every second, thousands of these little antibody molecules. <laughs> it's just, it's, that is just amazing. And then there's also memory cells that are produced. And, and memory cells just speed up the whole process so that, and, and they linger. It, they can they can stick around for literally years, decades even, so that if we get the same pathogen coming along, the whole process of that antibody floating around and eventually finding the pathogen and locking onto it and then signaling to the B cell to produce more, that will happen hopefully a lot quickly, a lot more quickly the next time because of these memory cells. It's just amazing, right? Just all, the, all this complicated stuff goes on. And, and antibodies, they, they can actually just make viruses, they can deactivate viruses just by, just by binding to them because by binding to these viruses, to their antigens, they sort of fill up these antigen slots, because it's actually the antigens that allow the viruses to latch on to body cells that they want to invade. And if they're all sort of stuffed up by these antibodies, you know, it's like, you know, they got clogged up, basically, then they can't do anything.
So that's B cells. We've also got another type, which I'll, I'll talk about, called T cells. So there are loads of different kinds of T cell. I'm just going to talk about a couple. So one of them is called a cytotoxic T cell. And they work by... So T cells don't bother with uh, producing antibodies. They, they just they bind directly to the antigens on pathogens. And they like... So the cytotoxic T cells, they like puncture holes in the membrane of, of pathogens. And so enzymes can get inside through the membrane and inside to eat them. <laughs> and then you've got, you've got helper T cells. So they work slightly differently. They, they, again, they latch directly onto the pathogens, but they sort of signal to other, they help to stimulate the B cells and other cells to say, hey, some, we need help. We need, we need to do stuff here. There's, there's a pathogen. So let's, let's do something about it. And there's all sorts of different kinds and doing, doing all sorts of different things. So there's, there's not one thing going on here. There's like loads of different things going on. And they're all in this like chain reactions of one thing leads to another thing. And then that leads to another thing. And then that makes a, another type of cell do another thing. And it's just amazing. It's, it's incredible that it, it all works. <laughs> but it also means that there are lots of different ways that it could go wrong. So, autoimmunity, autoimmune disease. Auto means self. So what we're talking about autoimmune disease is when the immune system turns against ourselves, us, the thing it's supposed to be protecting. And to be honest, we don't really, the headline is we don't really know why. We know some bits and pieces, but we don't know the exact mechanisms. And there's probably lots of different mechanisms, but we don't really understand them all. We don't know. But here's a couple of things that can go wrong. One thing that can go wrong is that, so these B cells and T cells, they're produced in, in bone marrow. They're actually, that's where they're actually created. And when they're produced in the bone marrow, before they leave, they, they get like, they get like tested for auto activity. So they get tested to see if they'll react to our own body cells. And if they, they do, they get sort of cold off. They say, right, not, <laughs> let's not produce that because it's going to attack us. There's this amazing mechanism that, that basically tests, tests these cells before they leave the factory, if you like. So B cells and T cells, they, they, they're normally like, they, they, they undergo these tests. And also in the, in the spleen, so, so B cells, when they're produced in the bone marrow, they then go to the spleen. And in the spleen, there's supposed to be these, these checks happen more checks happen and T cells they they go to the thymus 
I had to look up what, what the hell is a thymus? <laughs> it's this gland in, in our chest. It's like right in the middle, sort of under the rib cage. Um, so that so they the T cells sort of go go there and they they're supposed to have these sort of tests or autoimmune causing ness. <laughs> um, but sometimes these tests don't work. They don't happen. And so we end up being able to produce these B cells and T cells, which don't also, don't only just attack pathogens, but they start attacking us as well. And another thing that can go wrong, and this is, this is kind of a big one, and it's kind of an umbrella problem that can be like, further divided into like a million other problems the general problem is that is when so we talked about these antigens and they're on the surface of pathogens but they're also on the surface of all cells in, in our body these proteins these shapes and there's a problem the problem is that sometimes these shapes can sometimes be very similar. The ones on pathogens can sometimes be very similar to the ones on our own body cells. So remember when I talked about all the, the, the proteins that are made up of all these building blocks, these amino acids, sometimes there can be little fragments of amino acid chains and little parts of these proteins which are very, very similar to the ones on our body. And so sometimes these similarities can can be mistaken. You know, the immune system basically mixes, it, it mistakes this bit of a protein on a pathogen. It, 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 it's, it recognizes that, okay, that little shape, that little part of a shape, that is a pathogen when I see that shape it's a pathogen it's, it's gonna I, I gotta attack it sometimes that sh same shape or something very very similar to it just happens to be on some cells in our body as well and so what happens is that whole process that I, we've just gone through about the antibody it gets produced from the B cell and it latches on to the antigen and then other cells come along and to, to attack it and destroy it. That can happen to our own body cells. And it's just a mistake. It's just a mistargeting. And it's not surprising really that this can happen because they're just, there's so many different cells, there's so many different, protein shapes and it's such a difficult job for the immune system to be only pick out these particular shapes that somehow it, you know it knows that those shapes that's a disease that shape that's a body leave it alone and just very very occasionally it'll get it wrong and it'll start attacking our own body cells and just by you know basically random chance if it's starts attacking this kind of body cell it's rheumatoid arthritis 
because it happens to be the cells inside our joints. Or if it's, you know, if it's MS, I think that attacks the, the, the lining on the nerve cells, doesn't it? It's, it's some, something, something like that. And if it's, you know, if it attacks this kind of cell, it causes this autoimmune disease. And if it attacks that kind of cell, it causes a completely different autoimmune disease. But basically, that's what's happening. But exactly the detail of how that comes about, we don't really understand it all yet. And that's why, you know, we don't have cures for autoimmune diseases yet. But we're starting to understand a lot more about the immune system. Technology is allowing us to understand a lot more about all the different kinds of cells that are in our body. And we can now sort of isolate individual cells we can pick out these these sort of rogue cells that are attacking our bodies out of all the tens of thousands of other kinds of cells we can now sort of begin to pick them out and really study these things and try to understand what why are you mistargeting what what exactly why have you mistaken this 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 protein shape or what other thing because that's just one thing that can go wrong this sort of mistargeting there's it's like potentially lots of different ways it, it can go wrong so i find it just it helps to understand all this stuff a little bit because i feel like i feel like i don't know like like before i learned all this stuff i just I just hated the fact that I was in pain. I just hated the fact that I was always tired. I just felt like I was being, I didn't really feel like I was being punished, but it just, it was just this, it just, I just hated this thing that was happening and it just didn't make any sense. It's like, why, <laughs> why is this happening? But now I just, ha I feel like I have a bit more respect for my body and a little bit more sympathy for for my immune systems like okay i kind of get it now i kind of understand why you're going wrong because like it's kind of amazing that you can that you work in the first place so you know i understand i understand why i'm in pain a bit more i understand why what's happening is happening and and for me i just find it helps me cope i find it just helps me come to accept it more i find i'm just i can live more at peace with knowing a bit more of, of how it works so i hope it does you too I, I, I hope this helps just share the knowledge and share some of this understanding and we've just we've just touched on the, the real basics there's, there's loads of more really interesting stuff to learn and I hope to in future episodes maybe dive into a few more of these topics and maybe be a bit more specific on like how does fibromyalgia work or how does axial spondyloarthritis work
What, what do we know specifically about these things? Oh, my, my, my hips, my hips are really aching. I've got my electric blanket on, but it's, it's just, it's not, it's not really helping. I, I really need to stand up. I really need to start moving because it's coming up to, coming up to an hour and I'm really starting to feel it. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to have a bit of a move. I'll probably have a bit of a, bit of a lie down, a bit of a rest this is really taken out of me uh, but I, I, I hope I hope this has helped I hope to see you again next week and I hope to hear from me you know if, if you if you want to write in feel free to to say hello uh, you can just email me at james at chronicinsights.com and, and remember to check out my symptom diary if you haven't already um, it's something that I've made to help myself to begin with just to record my pain and fatigue and all the symptoms and all the ups and downs and, and help me communicate by drawing onto these 3D models like what it actually, what my pain looks like. So if you find, if you think that'll help, give it a go and, and let me know what you think and let me know if you've got any features that you want to you see on there. You just search the app store for Chronic Insights and it'll come up. All right, Spoonies, I'm going to love you and leave you. I, 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 I really hope you're, you're doing okay, but if, if you're not, it's okay. I, you know, we're in this together. I'm here with you. I'm always going to be here with you. So you're not alone. You're not alone, Spoonies. All right. I'll see you next week. I love you.